What's happening, weirdos? It's your girl, Val. <laughs> Sweet lady, Val. I was going to say, I could have used more energy up top, but that was excellent. <laughs> That's not my vibe. I'm being kind of sick. <laughs> yeah, and you're laying like you would atop a piano. I think that's the only reason I thought to do it. <laughs> I loved it. It was like a Pantene Pro V commercial. Um, was it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, Which brings maybe. us to the Pete's picks. Go to PanteneProV.com slash weird to go back to 1982. Uh, guys, this is an awesome chat. We loved it. As, uh, as It's one of those ones where I was in no mood at the beginning, and I feel much better now. Uh, and we're so glad to have this time. Sorry, it's dropping a little late. Val was out of town we get into that and if you want to show support of the show i mean that quite literally it would be supportive to us if you try one of the pete's picks the first one is uh, the perfect jean it's what i'm wearing mm-hmm. you guys know this it's a perfect jean i love soft pants and i cannot lie i hate hard <laughs> pants but it was so hard to find soft pants that were comfortable but also looked good but enter the perfect jean I, it's not yoga pants. You don't have to be Sting or Russell Brand to pull it off. They look like regular designer, well-fit, well-made, well-cut jeans. But they just happen to be made of premium stretch fabric that you can't even really tell unless you're wearing them. 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and movement that your man parts require. The jeans stretches so your nuts ain't crushed, thereby providing the only true home for your bone. It makes me laugh every time. They're super soft. They're also maximum durability constructed, utilizing the highest quality materials and sewing techniques that provide you for a product that is built to last. I can attest to that as I have not taken them off since I bought them. I bought another pair so I could rotate. And best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck your khakis and spare your nuts. The perfect jean for the perfectly imperfect men or man. Just 60 bucks when you use code WEIRDO at checkout. That's WEIRDO at checkout at theperfectgene.nyc Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only Perfect Gene, whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honking eggplant, The Perfect Gene has you covered. Take a peek at theperfectgene.nyc That's www.theperfectgene.nyc and use code WEIRDO Okay, for 25% off at checkout. 25% off, it's huge! That's huge! It's the fourth literally my favorite pant wearing them currently also ned and co a newer pete's pick i'm so glad to have them on board i love cbd and ned is a purveyor of incredibly high quality incredibly clean tasting uh cbd these guys are serious i talked to their founder and ceo they scour the globe the country really they grow it domestically for farmers that know how to grow hemp. They're not buying hemp from a farm that's 150 acres GMO corn, here's 150 acres of GMO um, cotton, and there's a little patch of hemp. They're finding small farms in Colorado that know how to farm it, know how to care for the plant, know how to get the maximum yield from the plant, know that that it's going to be cold extracted. Everything that they need to know, they know about their farms, which is incredible. It's It's a wonderful CBD. As you guys know, I call CBD my happy juice. It's my wonderful plant ally. It's a secret weapon. I find it to be mood elevating. I find it to be stress 
uh, reducing a wonderful way to relax. It's also a wonderful way to ease into whatever work I need to do. So even though it's, it's made from the hemp plant, it is not like marijuana. It doesn't get you stoned. It doesn't take you out of the game. You can still read on it. You can still work on it. And find I find it easier to focus and to read and, like I said, to yield into whatever it is I need to do when I take a little bit of CBD in the morning. I also like to take it at night when I'm trying to unwind. So it really is a super plant in that whatever you're trying to do, it's going to give you that little extra boost. Uh, so... If you want to give it a try and show your support of this podcast, all you got to do is go to helloned.com slash weird or enter weird at checkout for 15% off your first one-time purchase and 20% off your first subscription offer. I love CBD. We're on a little trip right now. It's one of the few things that I make sure to pack in my bag. So I have my Ned with me. Go to helloned.com slash weird or enter weird at checkout for 15% <laughs> off your first one-time purchase or 20% off your first subscription offer and order, excuse me, and see if CBD is for you. If you're anything like me, you're going to shit your pants. <laughs> Last but not least, made in. I just cooked Leela breakfast on our new best quality best made, best non-stick frying pan I've ever owned. I'm not just saying that from our friends at Made In. I used to be a uh, failed failed flip scramble (laughs) is what I would make Leela every morning. Now I'm making her beautiful. As you know, I like to cook for the goddess that she is. Beautiful, perfect Mm -hmm. flip omelets with some seriously high quality but not seriously high priced cookware from our friends at Made In. If you guys are serious about cooking, like so many of us got serious this past year, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Made In's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chef. Uh, chefs. I tried, as I said, their uh, nonstick frying pan, and it is a complete game changer. If quality and craftsmanship is important to you, you should check out Made In. Are you yawning during the ads? No, I'm into it. (laughs) Oh my God! Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and goes easily from the stovetop right into the oven and their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. They have over 28,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. So get some made in and up your cooking game, not just for the food quality, but for your own personal enjoyment of your own kitchen experience. Get some made in, better cookware for better meals. And right now, made in is offering weirdos 15% off your first order with promo code weird. Oh my God, you tried to do that. No. It was just natural? Yes. <laughs> no, I can't. Well, I felt one coming. Yeah, and you leaned into it. Yeah. This is the best discount available anywhere online for made-in products. So go to madeincookware.com slash weird. Thank you. And use promo code weird for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash weird. And I'm not, I'm not trusting you. And use promo code. Okay. Weird. 
when you do it like that, it's like I'm keeping you hostage or something. No. These are our ads. I know. <laughs> You're doing a great job. And I really do love that pan. I know you do. <laughs> Tell it to your yawns, Yanni. It's not a, it's not personal. You're just, we're both tired, okay. Yeah, who takes yawns personally? This guy. I know. And I have two thumbs. JK. <laughs> I have one Okay, we're having fun. These are fun ads. Thank you, Maiden, uh, for your support. And guys, thank you for trying a wonderful Maiden pan or glassware or knifeware to show your support of this show. All right, we made a weird 44. Can you believe it? That was I for you. Oh, I can't. No. Can you guys? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's time to be done. Get... <laughs> Do it. I am livid. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, there we are. Hello. I thought Hello. it would be funny. Okay, I'll say say a word. Um, like Mad Libs. Give me a noun. A noun. Oh, wait, wait, no. Give me a verb. A verb. Um, uh, skipping. Skipping. Now give me a noun. Um... <laughs> I know what you're doing now, so it's like, it's changing it. Hat. Okay. <laughs> Skipping hat. Uh, how did that get us nothing? <laughs> Bucket Hats and Skipping is a playlist on Spotify. Oh, yeah. I bet that's good. Why? Um, I guess I associate Bucket Hats with, like, like 90s. And like skipping with like What's carefree. It's like that those like a hats. Kangol hat. What's a Kangol? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Kangol is a brand that probably makes what you call a bucket hat. Mm, okay. I just want to say up top, I'm in no mood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean for you. I'm, I'm I'm catching myself being sort of pinched. I'm not. I I'm not like pinched, pinched, but I've been like. Feeling fine and then having like huge waves of like, am I, am I okay? Am I going to make it? Can I keep it together? I've been having like waves of that. In what way? Like, like anxiety or like, like depression. (laughs) You know, the bad feelings, man. (laughs) I interrupt your confession about a a worry that anxiety tidal waves might hit you with a riff. (laughs) Yeah, you're making fun of me for struggling to find the words to describe my... I'm not, never would. Take it back. (laughs) Okay, take it back. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like if we were kids, it'd be another level. Take it back and all the way back. Okay, yeah, take it all the way, all the way back. (laughs) Okay, I just want to say, yes. You're in no mood. I'm For some reason, I'm in no mood. Yeah. And as I've said a million times when I'm in no mood when I'm doing this podcast with you, uh, that's the fun of doing it every week. Yeah, because we have to do it even when we're in no mood. Yeah. It's, I'm not in the mood where I would have canceled a guest podcast if I had one. I definitely wouldn't have. But, like, we were saying we're, we're at the beach. We, we decided to go to the beach with Leela this weekend for the 4th. Happy 4th. Happy 4th. Sure. Uh, need. I guess. I mean, it feel, it's a complicated thing, I think. What do you mean? Like, independence. How did we get it? You know? Killing a lot of British people. And a lot of other people, too. Really? Yeah, this this land, is, in spite of the song, this land is not our land. <laughs> yeah, but that's not that. That's Thanksgiving. Well, I know, but we still did it, and then we were like, 
And this is the time that we all celebrate that we have independence in this land. Yeah, that but that's was like, never our land. Uh, by the way, let's just, I love you. And <laughs> I felt like you thought maybe I was challenging you. I really love this game we're about to play because <laughs> how long was it? I think it was a hundred years. Probably. I think there was a hundred years of British rule. I also think I just take um, umbrage. Is that it? I take umbrage, <laughs> sir. By the way, I'm just so not in the mood that I'm like, is this just what it is where it's like we can't even say, I mean, I don't give a fuck. I'm like the least, uh, we got to have the fourth, we got to have, the, I'll burn it all to the ground. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. No, I think but we I'm can like, say happy fourth. Happy for, by the way, of course you can, but like, what are the implications of that? But are we yeah, just being sure. Los Angeles idiots that are like, because yeah, Thanksgiving is, is definitely complicated. And then the fourth is all, I mean, it's complicated because it's also celebrating winning a war. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, 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 and like, yes. if you really want to zoom out just to like a real human heart space, you go like, it's kind of fucking weird that like so many people died and yes. we're just like. Pass the hot dogs. I guess what I was saying is I'm total. I'm out of my. Gym. I hear Clint Eastwood in my head calling me a candy ass right now. <laughs> yeah, you candy ass. I. Um, you don't even deserve a hot dog. Have some tofu with spelt, <laughs> you candy ass. Yeah, who would want to like also, let that be the voice in your head? Not me, but yeah. also candy ass. I picture what candy? I picture a rock hard red. Candy. Me too. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like 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 a um, like a butt rock. shape of just like a rock hard yeah you red candy. It. Maybe it's cherry. Maybe it's red hot. You know, like the- oh, it's definitely red hot if you're <laughs> freaky. Mine is more of a Ludens flavor. <laughs> is that a cough drop? It's the cough drop. I've been. I've always been a Ricola man. Ricola is like, what are you at my aunt's house? And we're Lithuanian. They have Ricola. I'm, and you say Ricola. Well, Three. I say I really say Ricola. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, before we started recording, I said this. This looks like the the, the phone booth from Doctor Who. And Val said, "This is a quote in real time." I find it amazed. She goes. I don't. I know nothing about Doctor Who. I'm always like Doctor Who, <laughs> and then she went, "Is he an owl?" No, I said Doctor Who. Who is he an owl? Oh, MG, you're just a true towel. Everyone yeah, knows right. by now. Yeah. All right, right, so we'll get back to the blood on our hands for every holiday. No, no, no. I no, no, just no. wanted to I, say. I'm, I, I'm I just wanted to say. I premise. take umbrage again. Oh, take umbrage. Yeah. I take umbrage with patriotism. In general, I was just, but especially for America. <laughs> I get it. I'm embarrassed for any uh, group membership, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even even when I get really proud to be a comedian, I'm sort of like, just shut it up. It would be cool. I think we haven't figured it out yet. But, like, I would love to be able to have the tribe without the tribalism. Like, I, we need to have a, a village and a community. We clearly are made for that. Yeah. But how can we please do them without being like, mine's better than yours, and the way that yours you do it is wrong, and I want what you have, so we're just going to take it, and like, yeah, all but that bullshit. I hear that, and I love that, and I'm like, okay, 
isn't that what we do? Meaning you and I, meaning everybody, like we're a family. Mm -hmm. So we're a tiny tribe. Mm -hmm. We go see someone else's family. We're like, whoa, barbecue potato chips at the dinner table or whatever. Yeah. That's a totally made. I love a barbecue potato chip. (laughs) I'll have one at the dinner table. I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every tribe defined itself. Yeah. At its lower levels. A little Richie. Keanu? Keanu Roar. (laughs) Keanu Roars. What I'm saying is, uh, you already have a like a ref a Keanu piano keys. Yeah, I couldn't think of what that's called, like character. Piano or, keys. Well, that was Harris's joke. I know. Yeah, so I take umbrage. <laughs> I think Kidding. Harris would love no, that that got would. referenced. He would. Hand Give me that week. Give me that week. Uh, what were we saying? You were taking. You take umbrage. Oh yeah. Yeah. With I, I, I you know Tri- tribalism. You're. you're oh, and I'm trying to make the yeah. point that like what I I'm know saying, that yeah. that's what we do. Can we get to a point in evolution where we don't, where we get the benefit of the village without having to other ourselves from? Okay, so then what we are is a tribe, and one of the things we define ourselves as in our tribe is a tribe that doesn't compare our tribe to other tribes. Then we meet other tribes, and they compare themselves to us. And even if we don't say it quietly, we're thinking, they're not like our tribe. Our tribe accepts other <laughs> tribes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I'm going to say, fucking no way. And that this is where the beautiful alone comes. There's bad alone, and then there's beautiful alone. When you realize you can have your cultural identities, wear a Boston Red Red Sox shirt, enjoy your country. I enjoy being American. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. These fucking guys. We're in in an Airbnb, and they're working on it. And I I didn't even know how to begin to say, we have to do a podcast. I know. what, What I love is that there's a really good chance that they can hear us right now. And that you were like, we have to go in the back. You told them we have to go in the back to do something, do something for, work. for work. And we're like, what kind of flavor do you think a candy can <laughs> <laughs> That, and we thought we had the same flavor candy. Well, same uh, color. Color. And definitely hard. Yeah. When people say candy. Maybe has- even with those little bubbles in it. Val, <laughs> of course there's tiny little bubbles in it. Why did, Which that I think is when, when the Clint Eastwood in my head is calling me a candy ass. I love that they're just drilling. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm just in no mood. I'm gonna own it. <laughs> I'm gonna own it. Meaning, all the all the good parts of Pete get so much love from the Overwatch of mm-hmm. Pete. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna love this too. In fact, I do love it. Yeah, I love when people are like how I'm being right now. I'm in no mood. The of course they're drilling mood. That's, of course they're drilling. That's why I laughed really hard when you said no, it. no, no. I know. I'm just trying to say like it's all in the game. I'm trying to give myself in this kind of I'm going to call it a 23 percent bad mood. Mm-hmm. The love that we're always talking about when I'm in a hundred percent good mood, which is most of the time when we do this podcast. Absolutely. 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 And right. it can change at oh. any moment. Like this morning I had, I feel, I actually feel really great. I'm just looking at the ocean and a bird and a cloud right now and talking to my favorite person. I bet the bird would be so honored that you're like the ocean, <laughs> a cloud and me. <laughs> I made the list. <laughs> Tweety McGavern. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fred Armisen as a bird. Oh I my- made, re- really, really, <laughs> I made the, Wow. I'm just, whoa. I'm going to have to, uh, huh, thank you. Is there anyone on the planet more endearing than Fred Armisen? 
Yeah, I mean, he's a gem. Yeah. He's an uncut gem. Is he? No, he's a cut gem. <laughs> In fact, I saw uncut gems, and what I learned, if I learned one thing from that movie, you're going to want your gems cut. Because <laughs> you know what an uncut gem looks like? It looks like a fucking rock, dude. Looks like a, a big problem. I know there's gems in here, but do you know anyone that cuts gems? But are we talking about circumcision right now? No, but what a shame. I will say, here, here's a, a blind spot. I was... I, I do, because my ding-dong is, is trimmed. <laughs> I just have a preference for trimmed ding-dongs. But, like, <laughs> when it comes to, like, you and I on our, like, hippy-dippy ways, like, of mm-hmm. course I would be like, if we had a boy... I yeah. would let him keep his foreskin. Which is no judgment to anybody. By, yes, we know this is it. a touchy it's subject. So t- I it's completely so understand yeah. you bring Judaism into it. And, and uh, certain Christians would be like, oh, that's the, mark, that's the tribe of Abraham, even though that expired, guys. Look at the expiration date on that covenant. Because <laughs> there's a new one in Jesus, and it <laughs> involves keeping your turtleneck on. <laughs> Uh, but it totally doesn't because culturally we love like a sleek dick. Like I want to I see, I want to see the head of that dick. Yeah, but that's getting less and less. Like more, more and more moms of my generation are are leaving it uncut. So I think that's that's fading. I don't. I think, think so. it's going. I think the same amount of fucking LA weirdos, and I, I don't mean not. Cir- I don't mean not circumcising is weird. I mean. Probably to other people, we seem like weirdos. Probably the numbers are... <laughs> it's climbing steadily, but it's not going to wipe out most of the country. That's sure. still going to be like... I, I just wish people would be more honest about it. It's not about... Maybe with Judaism, it, it almost definitely is about your faith. Yeah, but for, which is so beautiful. Like a Montana Christian man, he's just like, I just like a good, clean-looking ding-dong on my boy. Well, and you. Oh, that sounded really weird to say. We're also just like this really is what's normal, and we that's what just, I mean. That, we want that's, to that's the true voice of it. Is I want him to look normal. But I, what I'm saying is, which is weird that it's normal. That you're like, let's axe your dick off. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the world. It's like a kid who smoked DMT showed up in this dimension. And the first thing they did was not first, but eight days. I know, but I feel really trim a ding dong. I'm just so aware because somebody who I am very close with had such a hard time. Oh, I know. After she circumcised her kid. So I just am like, I'm so, I just am so aware. Like my priority right now is to be like, parents, just whatever you did. Yes. Whatever you did is great. great. I just don't. Oh, you can over by, I was scribed. Uh, yeah. I'm a scribe. <laughs> I know. Totally fine. And I actually have had it both ways, with and without the bun. <laughs> really? Yeah. You got a pretty short list to have both flavors of ding dong. I know, right? and it's the the most experience with with the uncut ding dong. Really? Yeah. Huh. And uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to eat an it's Oreo. Just, <laughs> there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's is what I think you're looking for. But there's a lot of ways to eat an Oreo is great. Is a 10 out of 10 fantastic thing to say. I want to be sensitive too. I, I saw really the trauma and I know the trauma that it can cause parents. Mm-hmm. But you know what I do want to say to them? Mm-hmm. You're not let off the hook. Even if, let, let's say you did... Uh, not circumcise your kid because you didn't want them to have a trauma. Um, we all have trauma. Childbirth yeah. is a trauma. Yeah. In fact, there's like a lot of deep psychology, 
based on the fact that we're like ducks sh- shaking off stress. Mm-hmm. We're all working off the, the way we came into this world mm-hmm. was with a lot of screaming, pushing, and bleeding. Yeah, and that and that's a, but isn't that the fact that the suffering or the strangeness or the roughness is baked into the beginning? Yeah, seems to be a clue that it's like. It's not a flaw. It's not a flaw. That's, part of the that's how this is. The whole universe is, you know, I'm quoting Paul because I've been reading that a lot, mm-hmm. uh, is, is moaning with birth pains. Yeah. Like the whole thing is a baby being born and I'm not trying to be funny, like a butthole and a vagina becoming one. <laughs> like it's like, it's, it's both. A new baby is cu- and breathing its first air and then I cut the calamari that connected you and it. <laughs> Yeah. Gross. Which yeah. is basically means it's like another butthole. It's like human centipede. Like the umbilical cord is like a second butthole that goes to a baby. But but before it becomes poop, I guess. It's like an earlier mm, butthole. It's an intestine. It's an intestine. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's not a butthole. It's not a hole. But a lower intestine is kind of pre-butthole. Yeah, that's definitely pre-butthole. But yeah. it's not a hole. And it's not a butt. <laughs> Yeah, it is a hole, though. A tunnel is a long hole. I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> okay, here's the first song. I Because I always love the episodes where we play a song. Yeah. And then we'll do questions. And you guys will have the fun and the wisdom of Valerie. I just gave you such a compliment. I, the other day, I want to say it on the air, that I had a conversation with a friend. And then I was like, nobody's really like Val. Aww. Nobody's like Val. I'm just so spoiled by you. I love you so much. Love you Eve, as, as you know, one of the main features of me in a relationship is even if I'm in no mood, it never gets to the shores of Valerie. That's true. I never see never, the, the ramifications of that. Never, and that's not through repression. It's just, it's just how, it's just how yeah, it goes. It just doesn't apply to me. And Leela as well. That's how you love Leela, too. I see that. Um, But I tried to give you a compliment. Ended up getting one myself. We call that in my business a double dip. Um, (laughs) This is the first song from... So I typed in Skipping Hat. This is is a game we'll play, Mm -hmm. at least today. Uh, You said two words, a verb and a noun. And this is the first song that comes up when you typed in Skipping Hat on Spotify. Here it is. What is it? Okay. Shy by a band named Heather. Do you know Heather? Mm-hmm. I told you it was going to be cool. Is this cool? I think so. Bucket hats are back, baby. And Heather is into them. <laughs> I'm really surprised that you don't like this. It's just because you're a no No, I like it. I like it. I can see why that would make me want to put on a bucket hat. <laughs> a bucket hat, and no shirt, skipping. and a robe, and boxer shorts with hearts, white boxer shorts with hearts on it. And I go out and I go like, oh, man. That's, for, it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's and a puka it. shell necklace. Puka shell. Yeah. Nice. I know. My brother wore his blue bucket hat. This was like such a look when he was in eighth grade. He would wear, I think, like khaki shorts. Sorry, Derek, if I'm getting this wrong. He would wear khaki shorts. Not for outing you for this outfit, but just yeah. if you're getting it wrong. Yeah, if I'm getting the outfit yeah. wrong. Yeah, not. Yeah, I understand. What? I thought it was funny. I thought you were going to be like, sorry for telling everyone that this is what you wore. Oh, no. Like, no, it's, no, he's not ashamed of this. <laughs> he would tell you, I yeah. think. It's not like he still wears this. <laughs> I would. Um, khaki shorts, a 
I'm going to say undershirt tank top, but we all know they have a terrible name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a blue bucket hat and a puka shell necklace. And that was like his look. I love this. My friend went to college and he came back with like a hemp necklace. I think they were uh-huh. like, and it had like a little wooden bead in it. Yep. I know those necklaces. And I remember being like really proud. He was sort of not, uh, very expressive in what he wore. What mm. wasn't very artsy. Mm-hmm. And he had this, and I didn't know that it had sort of like a Dave Matthews tripping Billy's sort of mm-hmm. like, uh, meaning like a jockey hippie kind of connotation. At least it did in the 90s. Anyway, I remember this is such a funny thing to get caught on. You compliment it. By, I really wanted to say, like, kind of good for you, but I meant it. Right. I was like, so you just say, I like your necklace. And he was like, I, I can happily make you one. And oh. when, like, I know, but when, like, rubber meets road, you're like, I'm not wearing, I'm not going to wear that. No, it's, I've always been really, any kind of state, well, now now that I'm a little bit more... Uh, whatever into myself, I can I can wear a nice statement piece. But certainly, when I was a kid, I was like, I just don't want to wear anything where I stand out. That's right, me too. I but it's also tribalism. Yeah, like, it, it, I, remember I, I was like, oh, that's who you're hanging out with. When I saw the necklace, I went, those are who your friends are. That's Good for you. It. I remember when I find when I got a cell phone when I was 16, trying to decide what Nokia case cover I this wanted is it. and what that was going to say about me. That's it. And like I remember being like, I don't think I'm a glitter girl. This is it. But I'm not sure I'm like red either. We were just doing this <laughs> buying Leela shoes today at yeah. Target. Yeah. And I was I was playing for her. Hmm. Which and that remember I picked up a shoe and you were like that's not right and I I kind of was like oh like I took it I didn't take it hard but remember I'm in no mood today and I was just I, sort of I'm no sorry. no no I was no no I'm not bringing it up to to say that I'm I just hope like I wasn't as curt as that you weren't I think what I, I just I, said no I thought I softened it a lot there's a lot of downy in that soft <laughs> oh no I thought you said I, no that's a, a shoe my mom would wear yeah. But I've never shopped for women's shoes before, so yeah. I'm just kind of thinking like, <laughs> that's why I'm that's, just that's a laugh you. line, by the way. I've never shopped for women's shoes before, <laughs> so I'm buying women's shoes or girl shoes for my baby. Yeah, and I'm just seeing like that's I don't know. Helping like you. if you were buying boys' shoes and you picked up one that had like the Incredible Hulk on the side or something, I'd be like, it's trying too hard. Exactly. Yeah. This is we, that, we were well, just. That's, that's I was it. assisting you the way you would have assisted me. I, that's what I'm realizing now. So I'm going to let that grudge go. Okay. That's the joke. I didn't really have a grudge. Okay, I'm going to think of two hats. Um, finding Copernicus. Two hats. <laughs> finding Copernicus. <laughs> That is truly one of my favorite foibles. Oh, yeah. Because I, I was reading. Yes. Okay, Copernicus was too ambitious. It just went to a podcast. Growth Hack Secrets, the podcast. Um, I'll think of another noun, which is drawers. Finding drawers. Ah, digging through the drawer. It's a podcast. No wow. songs. Really? Wow. Okay, okay. what about... Okay. You, we have to pick songy words. Like okay, yeah, yeah. Breath. Lonely. Breath. breath. Lonely breath. All right. Uh, lonely. lonely parentheses breathe breath. is okay. the song. This is by Zanati. Oh, it's got fake uh, record ambiance. <gasps> yeah, I like it. 
This sounds like uh, Bioshock. I just went into like a closed nightclub and there's probably mm-hmm. a zombie in there. It's probably going to kill me, but... I like it's, almost, it's almost over. It is? We're... This is... I'm skipping ahead. It never does anything. I mean, it, it, it's doing something the whole time, but it, it's not... Nobody's going to come in and be like, Are you lonely? <laughs> Just you breathe. breathe. <laughs> oh, did you breathe? Okay. Did you breathe? We don't have a lot of time today. I'm in no mood. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm very happy to be doing this. I took pictures of some Instagram questions, and, and let's just do them, and we'll get and we'll read a poem, and, and it's nice to see you guys. That sounds good. By the way, I I um, am so aware now. So somebody mentioned that I say yeah a lot. Did you see? You saw that? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I only saw it because you mentioned it. Oh, okay. Um, and I, so I, I just was going to say I'm very hyper aware to try and not do it now. Mm. And I've noticed that I've been trying to be like, right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I understand. But here's the thing. I obviously had a lot of feelings about or just a lot of thoughts about it. The main one being like, yes, I should work on that. I do I do, do that. <laughs> um, the other thing was I think I do it mostly when like you're on a tear and I am have so much to say about what you are saying and I'm doing it as like an unconscious way to signal you that I would like to jump into this double dutch Val I I know you're explaining this but you're explaining it to me and I love it yeah and I'm like yeah (laughs) you check in you engage. Well, that was it's the like, other thing I realized was we actually both need a lot of, I think, a lot of response by someone yes. who's listening. And we've talked talk about how they're not giving me that. I'm like, that's what, what I was going to say. We have friends who do it. And I was I we've talked about this before where like they are totally silent until you're done speaking and both of us feel so uncomfortable with that. Like, I'm like, soothing. where do the whole time I'm just going, where do I stand with you? What are you Listen thinking about what I'm saying? With Nora, we're talking over each other. We're like so similar in that moment. Yeah. That's how we listen. It's like a co-talking. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm with the wrong person, it comes out as interrupting too much. But like, welcome, you know, welcome to show business. Like, I, I remember somebody went on a tear in the comments because I said on a long enough timeline too much. Or something. And what, what, what it is is like, I realized that listening to Richie this week, that I don't, one of the reasons I don't like Brody or I have an issue with our dog mm-hmm. is because he's so needy. Mm-hmm. He needs food. He's following you. He's always looking at you. He always wants something. And there's something about me that's Afraid that I'm too needy. I always want something. I'm never satisfied. And I'm really just an animal. Like, at the end of the day, even yeah. even though, like, I want to be lofty or whatever it might be or special, I am also just shit. I shit in a porcelain bowl, but I'm still taking hot dumps <laughs> twice a day and peeing out my stupid red lipstick dick. Okay, <laughs> no, wait, that's him. That's, yeah. But still... He is a reflection and can only ever be a reflection of what I don't like about myself. Because I was listening to a Richie talk and he was like, don't you know that people that hate their dogs hate themselves? And I was like, what is he talking right to me? I know. He's like, nobody's mad at their dog if they're not mad at themselves. And I was like, they're even like, like, 
I, I just noticed this morning before I got out of bed, I was thinking of a situation and I tried to think of something funny that you might say in that situation. By the way, the time it's taken me to explain this is 10 times longer than the whole thought took. Yeah. I just thought of a situation. What might you say in that situation? Couldn't think of anything. And then my brain basically let out like an electric negative shock, like a little... And I was like, wow. Again, I really felt dissociated from it in the good way. Like it was like a meditation, like watching it. And it was like, don't do... You don't have to do that. Yeah. I know you think to like grow up and get where you wanted to be. You needed to run all these drills. No wonder I'm hard on people that I don't think are very smart. I'm hard on me. And I'm worried that I'm not very smart. Of course. So... That's what I'm saying. This person is saying you say yeah too much. Mm -hmm. It's like, I am your reflection. It's the only reply. (laughs) Not that you need to reply. I thought you replied something funny. You wrote, yeah, why does she do that? (laughs) That's funny too. That's another way of not taking it seriously. But like, there's nothing to take seriously. Yeah. Everybody is just going around seeing themselves and mistaking it for the outer world. I've never met the people that I have an issue with. I'm just seeing things that remind me of things inside of myself, and I treat them as harshly as I treat myself. That's why the reason I wish I was more loving is twofold. I'd love to be more loving for their sake, but I'd also like to be gentler and more loving to myself. Right. Because I'm only hard on the things that I'm like, how can you be so weak? People will see you're weak, and they'll take advantage of you, and they'll hurt you. I'm just talking to myself. Don't be weak, Peter. Don't be small. Or things, and we talk about this, you have it and I have this too, but like things that we have like starved in ourselves or like beaten out of ourselves. Yes. We get so challenged when someone shamelessly has that. Oh, God help me if I meet somebody that reminds me of who I was before I got divorced. mm. And I'm just like, there's a bus coming. Yeah. You idiot. And I, there very well may not be a bus coming, but a bus hit me. And then I judge them for being how I was. Right. But that's <laughs> such an opportunity in that moment to be so kind towards even your past self or the vulnerability right. in you. And that's right. And you can do it by being kind to that person. That's right. Or whichever one comes easier. But being kind to that person is being kind to myself. That's what I'm saying. See, so it doesn't matter right. which one. But you and I learned fake it. But, you know, like, just be nice to look nice. Yeah. And I really want that conversion. It's what I literally wait for and work on and cultivate is, like, actually, again, Richie was, like, all uh, Jesus seems to be interested in is, like, how you see the world, how you see others. Mm. And it's, like, that comes through conversion. That comes from grace. It's a gift from the universe. And that's what I'm really, I see it trickling in. I can see it more and more. Mm-hmm. When we were talking to these people that were working on the Airbnb, I wasn't just like, I wanted to be like, why are there people in the Airbnb? We're like trying to check in. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's just some guy. That's yeah. me. Yeah. That's me, the repair guy. Yeah. That's great. So anyway, um, that was a long way to say, but I will say it every time I think of it. Everyone is just your reflection. You're not, I'm not really mad at my dog. I'm mad at my own weakness and I should learn to love my own weakness. I think that's really beautiful. Here's one for you. You can answer it, Mama. Okay. Even though it says, hey, Pete, um, I've listened to your episode with Mark Duplass several times through COVID. What a smart idea. This is from Eric. Uh, And I was wondering how you and Val's thoughts on soul points and a soul point recipe has changed over time, if it has. Mm. 
Remember, the idea was what are the things that win you back on soul points? Yeah. We kind of talked about this last week, actually. I think so. I mean, how, it, how has it changed? Um, the first thing that comes to mind for how it's changed for me is it's, it's been like a balance of like comf- recognizing like comfort as nurture and then at a certain point when it becomes like comfort um, as like avoidance. Mm. So I may feel like there may be times where like eating, eating food and watching TV, I've been very clear about for both of us, but I'll speak for myself is like the, the safe, the quickest way to make me feel safe and cozy and comfortable. And there are times where I can actually get soul points by like, doing that as an act of love and maybe I'm eating something a little healthier and maybe I'm watching something so beautiful that it's going to inspire me. Mm. Um, but so I guess this isn't soul points. It's it's more like self care and inspiration. Soul points are, it's like the work that you do. Not really. Okay. I think soul points is like a good example of soul points is like watching your favorite movie or reading a book or going on a walk or taking time to see friends, that sort of thing. I was going to say it's changed for me because I require less alone time. We just got so much alone time. Yeah. I definitely crave less alone time. Yeah. So it's changed for me because it used to be like, I didn't really have a good grip on it. So I would just like a while ago, you know, a long time ago would just like smoke weed and play the ukulele on the porch and that's lovely, but I would do that and only that for, mm-hmm. you know, all day, every day. And that's all I did. Yeah. <laughs> so at a, like recognizing at a certain point, when does it become like, well, what are you not looking at? You know, and, um, and just finding, I'm still something I'm working on is finding the balance of like, like a loving sort of indulgence and then, and then a loving sort of. Um, work healthier healthier time. yeah exactly to balance that out also I would say I always get my soul points from friends as people know and from dancing and I guess what I mean I could have just said this without any of that is I have found that my soul points are getting healthier and healthier mm-hmm. like it's like hiking and eating right makes me feel more open and connected and cleaner and flowy because my thought was relationship but it doesn't have to be with other people so you're cleaning up your relationship to your body yeah which you're always helping us learn about Mm -hmm. uh your relationship to food Mm -hmm. like what you eat that is that is just literally a relationship Oh, for sure because that's what i'm noticing is like richie i was listening he has a great book that I've read and he has a great talk called breathing underwater and it's about the 12 step program, but it's also just about addiction. And the most prevalent addiction is uh, being addicted to your way of thinking, which I think is brilliant. Uh, but it's also a lot about brokenness and taking it away from, you know, Jesus is supposed to be for winners. One of the things I told you, Val, is he's like, he's a loser. He lost. I love that. It's like, it's a religion made by a loser. He's like a million years. If you tried to make up a religion, you would never make one based on Jesus. And then I have been noticing that since you said that I was in Texarkana this week for my papa's funeral. And I saw, I took a picture of a, a van 
like a church band that said, Jesus never fails. Right. And then there was like another song that said, like, he sent his son to win. And I'm just right. like, wow, that's so much. <laughs> well, look, I'm going to say on a long enough timeline, which is what. Yeah. So on a long enough timeline, Jesus doesn't fail. Mm. But what's so we're, we we make everything so personalized. Yeah. Even like the most popular for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. I always like to joke that Jesus is talking to Israel, but really Israel is the microcosm of all of us. But that means like on a long enough timeline, <laughs> everything is arcing towards good, towards wholeness, towards growth, towards expansion. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're not gonna not have failure and pain and suffering and die and loss and embarrassment and humiliation. And that's what the cross is. It's, it's the involvement of God in that God participating in humiliation, embarrassment, loss and death. Right. And that it is part of it. And it's it's part of it. Just like we're saying you're born in humiliation, embarrassment, possibly Mm -hmm. violence, death, screaming, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's not a flaw. There are all these clues that it's not a flaw. But anyway, he was talking talking about Soul Point. I've been off nicotine gum. Who cares? Like, there's a Nick watch. About day four of Nick watch. Is Pete still... I just realized that, like, again, I, I think it's kind of like caffeine. It's just a stimulant. I'm not... I, I didn't get off it because um, it's just distracting that you're looking at your I'm phone. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm I was just, looking I at know. the question. Oh, I know. I, I, I feel bad that I called it out. No, it's I'm okay. I'm just not sharp enough to do it without looking at you. Got it. I'm locked on. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying to make this point, and I can't do it if, if we're not locked on. Okay, locked on. Thank you, my love. Um, now I sort of forget it. Anyway, oh, no. addicted people are looking for the feeling of being alive. Yeah. And it's like nicotine... And this is Richie says this. He goes, nicotine, alcohol, caffeine, gambling, and, and sex stuff. We all, all addicts sort of know that stuff doesn't work, but it's better than nothing. Mm. And he was like, he, the reason why spirituality remains so interesting to me is to get in touch with what we always talk about, that spring of life and connection and relationship that you are. Yeah. So you don't have to look for it somewhere else. I just noticed that I was going, my, the, what it is having an addict's brain is that you like knowing there's something outside of you that you can go to that even if it doesn't work, even if it only quote unquote works Mm -hmm. one out of 10 times, at least, you know, it's better than nothing. You can't handle that feeling of uh, impotence towards the moment that there's nothing you can do. Right. So nicotine gum became, and by the way, talk to me in three months. Maybe I'll be back on it. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not trying to judge that. I'm trying to address the underlying psychology of the addict. And when he said they're looking for the feeling of being alive, I was like, it's relationship. So your answer, your soul point, your relationship to yourself, that's a type of relationship. Your relationship to your higher self, your inner spring of soul or spirit is really, really important. The way you have a relationship to reality are you forgiving it? Are you seeing yourself as a valid and valued part of it? These are all relationships. So mm-hmm. what I see as really refilling of soul points is relationship. And, and they can be relationships with books, with ideas. Mm-hmm. It is really great to have people to be in relationship with. But also, like, and Richie really was rocking my world. I've never heard him talk about porn before. But he was like, you can't have a relationship with pornography. Yeah, uh, you kind of can in the in the very broad definition that I just had, but but like life and life more abundantly 
doesn't come. Nothing wrong with it. Like if that's what you did this afternoon. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Tyler, I'm not judging you, Jim, uh, <laughs> Leslie. Um, but it's just not where the juice is. You know, yeah. you yeah. can't. He also says you can't have a relationship with your with your own body part, meaning your dick. But so I, I've 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 said this a million times, but I'm like soul points to me is coming from a vulnerability to the moment, meaning I don't have a quick fix in a cocktail, in a coffee, in a cigarette or whatever. For me, it was nicotine gum or pornography. I'm vulnerable and I'm available to have a relationship with uncertainty, mm-hmm. have a relationship with other people, mm-hmm. have a relationship to solitude, have a relationship to ideas, have a relationship to creativity and mm-hmm. to friends and to my daughter and to you. Mm-hmm. That's where I find soul points. But it starts with vulnerability. It starts with like, I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. I can't just draw the blinds and watch There Will Be Blood. That doesn't actually work. Mm-hmm. What really gives me life and soul points, which is why it was, it came from me and Mark talking, was talking to fucking Mark. Yeah. It absolutely. came from relationship. And God is Trinity, God as relationship itself. Yeah. A constant outpouring and infilling. It's how the universe works. And right. Richie says this, he goes, nothing lives if something else doesn't die. That's how the whole mm. thing works. Nothing is born without something else dying. It's just what, it's what's going on mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. And nothing is in without out. It's, it's all in relationship. So the more I'm in relationship to this living relationship that we call reality, that's what's filling up my soul these days. And it comes with a lot of brokenness. It comes with a lot of vulnerability. Yeah. Well, vulnerability is the key to any good relationship. That is the that's first right. key. And like saying, could you please look me in the eye? That, that was, I, I didn't like how I had to be like, I need you. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel safe. I yeah. felt totally safe. Yeah. I wasn't nervous to say it. Yeah. I was only nervous to say it on the podcast maybe, but like, it's okay to be vulnerable and just be like, I, uh, that's what I need. And then, then your need gets met. And then that's, that's where the vulnerability pays off. That's right. So it's like, if, I see your vulnerability and I gotcha. If you're able to drop it, there was a time in my life that I would ask for my need to be met. Can you please uh, look at me while I'm talking, which is such, it sounds like such a crazy thing now that I say it, <laughs> uh, but in a respectful way, please, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time in my life that you would then do it and then I wouldn't be able to drop it. And that's even potentially what this mm. is, <laughs> like me bringing it up again. <laughs> oh. that's, that's like, but there was a time when I wouldn't have even been able to finish my point until mm. I knew that you liked me. Aww, so, you know what I mean? Thank you. Uh, thank you. Preach, <laughs> preach, 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 um, preach. Also, you are right. It's like the what came to mind was the macro and the micro are the same. Like how many? Could you please look at me? I'm Hilarious! I was making sure it wasn't the restaurant. Just kidding. That was so Sorry. funny. That was so funny. Um, I, I just looked at my phone. The macro and the micro is the same. Let me look at my phone. No, I don't mind. Um, I like how many clues do we need that we feel better? When we are in alignment, in alignment with the nature of the whole universe. So nature of the universe is a hundred percent relationship. It just is it only is relationship. relationship. Yeah. It doesn't exist. That's like my joke. There is no big bang until there's a relationship of something small to the big. Yeah. So of course we also need to be in relationship with things and put value in our relationship with things and be very clear and mindful about what our, if we have an unhealthy relationship with something or if we're getting fed by something else. Uh, the other thing is 
we are fragments of one whole thing. So when we are together, like you and I are together in this room doing this podcast, we have merged into one thing with a common goal that's doing this whatever. That's right. So even just that little merging is that piece of remembering that we are not separate. We're we're part of something bigger right. than ourselves. That's right. And that's another reason why a relationship is so important. But that's why you can have a relationship with your garden. It's like, it's like, it's not even get out there. Cause that sounds like I'm Michelle Obama, like get up and move, mm-hmm. get up and move over, over soft children. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually saying you can have a quiet, you know, meek, small way of living and still be deeply in relationship. Sure. You can have it intensely. My, my new thing is like, God is, uh, Sally in when Harry met Sally eating at cat's diner, having an (laughs) orgasm. And our job is to go, I'll have what she's having. (laughs) Meaning it doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Just find the orgasm in it. Yeah. Even if it's just maybe listening to this podcast right now and go, Dan, how are you hearing this? Mm. It's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Every sound is a miracle that you're, that you're reaching it. Mm-hmm. Wake up. Yeah. Stay awake. Stay awake. Stay awake. That's insane. Never forget the craziest, most insane mystery is you. Mm-hmm. I look at the world and I go, how could anything exist? That's the, that's the best question for mm-hmm. me. Why should anything exist? Uh-huh. And yeah. then the next step, though, that I've only just started doing is I am one of those things. Yeah. It's not me over here looking at the things going, how could anything exist? I'm also one of those things. That means my nerve endings are dug into a piece of the mystery. Mm-hmm. I am... The sensing, tasting, fucking, smelling, eating, shitting, pissing, orgasming piece of the puzzle. Right. You want to know this? I'll make you into it. And then you will never be able to not know it because you'll be it, but you will be able to forget it. And that's what you'll see in the line at the Golden Corral Buffet. (laughs) I'm saying that as someone who's been putting sweet and sour sauce on my turkey. I've been unconscious in the Golden (laughs) Corral. So I'm not judging. It was to be funny. I said that funny thing. But like, I forget all the fucking time. And that's why I love talking to you guys on Fridays. This time it's... It's coming out a little late. But, but also even yeah. forgetting is part of the the whatever this is. Like, how can any of this exist, including me? It's a mystery, and I forget because it, and that's part for- of the mystery, too. Because then the knowing is a relationship, and a relationship mm. is shifting and changing. Yeah. The permanent knowing isn't really that interesting to this that's system. interesting, and, yeah. And it's like, I... I I go back and forth about asking Boy George. We follow each other on Twitter to do the podcast. Obviously, it'd be very interesting. And um, I don't know Boy George's pronouns. It's yeah, I think Boy. I'll just say Boy George's profile Mm -hmm. is um, the answer is in your breath, honey, or something like that. Mm. I was like, so as we always say, it's even built into our physiology. It's the in and the out Mm -hmm. and it's the remembering and the forgetting that's what creates the sine wave that is reality yeah so it's okay to forget and be in the golden corral absolutely it's also really sweet to remember it sure is and the um mystery that whole thing that you were doing was really putting me in there but what is grounding about it is it's like 
how does anything exist? How do, and I'm part of that, how do I even exist? And even though it is a mystery, one thing is for certain, I belong here. That's it. Where else could I belong? It's like you're a, a smear of red on a canvas mm. that's filled with other smears of red and blue and green, and you're like, nobody gets old ready. <laughs> you are the painting. Yeah. And Which everyone actually, listening, you, this is true. Yeah. This isn't wishy-washy. Here's two things that are absolutely true. One, the consciousness is the biggest mystery, and it's looking out your eyes right now. Mm-hmm. So you have your fork in the socket, and it's charging through you of the biggest mystery mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. Two, it's incredible that anything exists, and that includes you. Mm-hmm. So lighten up is what I'm saying to myself. <laughs> I'm in no mood. Lighten up. <laughs> you are this. Right. This is fucking... We were looking at the, the beach, and I said to Val, I, there are all these bubbles in the, in the uh, surf. And I said, did you know there's three galaxies for every person on the planet that we know about, I think, hypothetically, but still. And I was like, that means there's more galaxies than you can see tiny bubbles right now in the surf, which is so... It's uncountable. And there's more galaxies than that. I was like, fucking... I'm in no mood? Mm-hmm. Well, you get in the mood. It's like George, you know? Yeah. You're not in the mood. You get, <laughs> get in, in the, the mood. mood. Because what's happening when Pete's in no mood? Well, usually he hasn't eaten, and that's true. Uh, but also, I'm, I'm just getting a little lost. Mm-hmm. In the way that a, a deathbed would wake me the fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Just this. Just mm-hmm. this. You're here. But those are two true things. You... You aren't a visitor here. You are this. You are this. You're not looking at the world. You are the world. This is what I've heard Tara Brock say that like such a key part of healing grief or trauma or, you know, anything. And it usually comes towards like as one of the later steps of healing is realizing that you are part of a larger thing. That's it. Belonging. Belonging. And meaning. Yeah. He was like... Richie said something, he's like, the soul lives on meaning. Mm-hmm. And meaning comes from relationship. Mm-hmm. But the meaning can come from your relationship to the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Or you, to your depression or to your anger. I'll tell you, yes. Speaking of negative things, mm-hmm. as I've said a million times, Byron Katie says, don't fear the darkness, that's you. Yeah. I, I can't get off, off this topic. I, I haven't done it on stage yet, but like... Believing in nothing, like you might believe in God, and I agree that's an incomplete metaphor for what's really going on here. It's sort of just the best we can do. But believing in nothing is is really equally absurd. Mm. Like there is no scientific proof of nothing. We can't find nothing. Mm -hmm. We can find empty space. We can find dark matter. We can find black holes. But we can't find nothing. Mm -hmm. There's no vial anywhere where inside there's just a, what would it look like? Gray checkers, like in checkerboard like in photoshop for empty mm. space like what would nothing look like what would it look we don't have it right there's nowhere we can go do you want to open this door there's nothing because if you're imagining just blackness that's not nothing yeah that's air or hydrogen or whatever it is in relationship to light to be dark and all this stuff so we don't have nothing we can only see the effects of nothing mm. we can see like the input in the math of like a zero i think mm. same with god can't see god you can see the effects 
of God. You can see the yearning of creation. Mm-hmm. You can see our genes, something mm-hmm. that we take for granted. Oh, you have a cleft uh, palate. Your dad had that. It's genes. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy magic of this thing going on and on and on. So this that was this became that, and it carries it on. We see this yearning and this, this uh, I don't like calling it an intelligence, although that, that is what it is. What I'm saying is believing in God and believing in nothing are, are strikingly similar. Yeah. <laughs> a nothing that does a miracle, the Big Bang, mm-hmm. okay, or a God that does a miracle, the Big Bang, both are fucking dumb. <laughs> and the only position is to say, man, I don't know, and type two random words into Spotify. <laughs> okay, I think this is a good question following all of this space talk. <laughs> space talk, space, 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 space talk. talk. In there. And Spotify. Ooh. Space talk seems like a good combo of words. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, though. It's taking me a second. Um, well, I feel like we. this song is very... I mean, this question is very not space talk, so... Okay, this song's called Space Talk by Asha Puthi. 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 Putley. Putley. Putty. Asha Putley. Asha Putty. Putley. All right, space time. Here we go. Ooh. I like it so far, Asha. I'm so sorry we got your name wrong. P U T H L I. Putley. Puthilly. Putley. 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 Hit it. Oh. Okay. I'm seeing somebody walking down the street. I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a big, long, white Lincoln car. This is how it feels in your brain when you realize you're a mystery. <laughs> oh my God, it is. Oh, you got a great voice. Yes, I'm into this. How popular is Asha? Forty-four thousand monthly listeners. She's, she's doing all right. She's doing all right. I like it. I've liked all the songs we've played so far. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Where are, we, where are we going? Where are we going? This is one of the things that one of the mysteries decided to do with her time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, space stuff. Ooh. Space stuff, space stuff, space stuff. Oh, I want a talk show in space so this can be the thing. I like her look, too. She looks super cool. Yeah, she does. Uh, I just love that she did that instead of hurting somebody. Uh, okay, so... Um, this is by, this is from Sean Vander, Vandenbrink. Um, hi, sweet lady Val. Question for, we made it weird. I'm curious if there are any rituals or routines that help ground you to place. I remember you talking about going on walks to meet God. Our society has a lot of ritual and ceremony around family and culture, but not so much that roots us to our natural environments. I'm wondering how this might connect to your embodiment work as well. A voice that has made me start asking this question more is Robin Wall Kimmerer, indigenous woman who wrote, wrote Braiding Sweet Grass and I think would be right in your, your Mary Oliver Meets and the Mont Wheelhouse. That's awesome. You guys give us the best recommendations and we do take a lot of them. So thank you for that recommendation. Um, okay. The rest is just a, um, basically compliments. So it feels silly to read that on the podcast. I'll play space talk again and you can read them. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Sean. Um, I love this question. I do think I, you know, 
I would love to learn more about like earth rituals because I definitely think that embodiment and the, our connection to nature are like sisters. They're hand, they work hand in hand. Yeah. Our bodies are just kind of like another part of nature. Well, that's what Gungi says. You're a tree. You're just the wireless version. <laughs> like you still get your nutrients and your water and your air from the tree, but just because you don't have roots, you don't think you're part of the earth. Oh, but you are. I love it. Put you anywhere else, you're gone. Yeah. That's you only it. exist in relationship to this earth. You, you're a part of the earth. That's right. I love that. Um, so I definitely, here's just some, I just, that made me think of the roots. Like definitely when I meditate, I imagine roots growing out of like my sits bones and my feet, wherever I'm touching the ground. Um, I imagine being rooted in the earth. Um, and I do, I do do a hike (laughs) just every time, every time I do a hike and I, I usually just try to, I, there is like a moment in my hike where I go up this beautiful staircase that has like, um, you know, the shadows and the light shining through the trees and it's gorgeous. And I always turn off whatever I'm listening to and try to do that in complete presence just staying with each step. Mindful walking is really cool. You just walk, you can do it just like pacing 10 steps um, and then turning around and doing 10 steps, or you could do it out in nature. But Thich Nhat Hanh was a big mindful walker, and he says to walk like your feet are kissing the ground. Mm. And it's really just like instead of using your breath as an anchor, you're using the feeling of your feet on mm. the earth as an anchor. I do this when I put Lee down, and she goes right down. I, I must, I'm calming down. Yes. It's like the earth is calming down. I'm the planet. And then she just starts calming down too. But, like, you feel like, whoa, I'm putting all of my weight on this foot now. And you can kind of get in touch with gratitude Mm -hmm. that these two honking husks hold Mm -hmm. you up all day. Mm -hmm. And and if you walk slow enough, you feel your foot pressing into it and slowly distributing, like like pouring out pancake batter on a griddle. It's like, you're getting it all on that foot. Then it lifts up and it gets a break and yeah. it can really put you in your body. That's a great one. It is really, it's actually one of my favorite anchors because when I, even more than when I'm, most of the time I do a sitting practice and, and it, my breath and my body are my anchors. But when I do a walking meditation, I, I almost get elated like pretty quickly and I don't know if it's because I it it is grounding and it's putting in me and my body way more effectively, but I can usually get like this like oh my gosh like gratitude or like love or whatever. Um, so I highly recommend that. And then the other one is Eckhart Tolle talks about walking around and and dropping the label, and and so does Byron Katie. Explain that. So looking looking at a tree, looking at whatever it is you see and dropping the label tree and try how I access it is I try and see everything as if I were brand new to this world if I were like a brand new baby or on a DMT trip or whatever just looking at it and dropping the name and just seeing it um it also helps to give it another name and then then Byron Katie's idea is to give it yeah well she says give it like a first generation name um 
which I never really understood if she meant like a completely different name or if she meant like instead of being like that's a rhododendron or a jacaranda tree or just like tree grass oh I see I don't know but I like the the practice of giving it another name because it really just helps you recognize like that's not a tree that's not a tree yeah (laughs) you know yeah exactly I was just thinking today about how Call Me By Your Name is maybe the most romantic thing in the world. I, yes. not, just, not just the movie, but the gesture, you call me by your name. Yes. <laughs> That's like I the most know. romantic thing I've ever I heard. I know, and it's one of the most romantic movies that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, this is where I'm supposed to be like, ruin tangerines for me. Like if oh, I was being the pe- peach, yeah. Yeah, or peaches. <laughs> I'm, I'm never looking at peach the same oh, way. God, I won't either without getting a boner. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that was dumb to say. I, no, no, no. I just meant, if it was the 80s, that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so. It right now. <laughs> I also love to, like, dance outside. I love to, um, if I can, like, be naked outside somewhere, that connects me. I love being in any kind of natural water. I love, like, sitting around a fire with friends. That feels kind of naturey and earthy and ancient and holy. Um, these are things I do. I don't it's know. It's all great ways to get in relationship with the earth. I love that. Thank There's like a theme to this episode. Love that. Love a theme. Okay. This person, this is Leah. She said, I, uh, I'd love to hear you and Val talk about how you move through regret and what your individual relationship to regrets are. A bad tattoo, infidelity, your time you cut your hair too short, words you said in anger, not advocating for yourself in a situation. Minor and temporary to major and life-altering. How does some compassion? How does self-compassion and mindfulness practice inform your ability to process regret? How do you cope with regret that surfaces as you're becoming older and presumably more wise? Are there reasons why you are grateful for experiencing regret, and if so, why? Is the regret like for times that you that you didn't? You know, that you let somebody... What was it? <laughs> yeah, she gave examples. Bad haircut, yeah, tattoo, yeah. didn't advocate for yourself. Exactly. So the, so we're anger. regretting that. Yeah. That's the but thing. She, okay. I think she means small and big. Yeah. You know what's funny? I'm becoming a crazy person where I just talk to somebody who, who's going through a really hard time. I actually talked to two people in the same week mm-hmm. that were going through a hard time, which is why I was like, hey, let's hang out. Mm-hmm. And... In the meal, I really had to check myself before I wrecked myself because I said it very gently and over time, and I said it sort of more pedestrian, less woo-woo. But what I wanted to say was I'm really excited for you, Mm. meaning we're back to the cross. We're back to it's not about winning. It's not about being polite. Mm. It's not about looking good. That, like, spiritual truth is through experiences like regret. It's through experience. So what I said to both of those people was, I'm excited for you. Yes. And that's crazy. My, because you kind of shouldn't say that to somebody in a transition of pain. But they were, you know, it had been some time. And I was like, you won't believe this, but I'm really excited for you. Because I think in three years you'll look back on this time and be like, that's when I was reborn. That's because it. Because nothing will change if, if it's just working perfectly. That's so right. So you fuck up. You have shit that you regret. These are your birth pangs into them. So I don't... I, yeah, I regret stuff. 
I go to a party, I come home and I'm the person that's like, I am not for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. I regret small things. I can, I've regretted big things. What we're talking about is suffering. Yeah. And what, what I'm offering is my perspective on suffering is that's the only way anything will get done around here. Yeah. I <laughs> love that. And... I mean, spiritually speaking. Well, this is a little bit of a side note, but I wanted to... You just reminded me that my brother... I recently got to travel to Texas with my brother, and we just had, like, the best chats because he's the best. And um, and we were talking about how, you know, the different things, moments of suffering in our lives and big things and big mistakes. Cause he and I are very similar. So we actually made really similar mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both nines and we made big nine mistakes and we were like, that was the door. That was all, they were always a door. And I was like, this is helping me in my relationship, my, my, uh, project and changing my relationship to fear is fear has been my constant, nemesis at times and shadow and just like the my that has been my constant I'm gonna say shadow uh, for my entire life that's a there's a good chance that's my door to awakening like that's that would wouldn't be there if it wasn't right and how beautiful that those moments are are doors that it's not he says something like that where he's like the person that bothers you the most not not like it relationally in your life where you see somebody and, and they just look unwelcome and unfit to be near you. He's like, that's where the door is. I love it. And, and he means symbolically and also literally. And it's not like get rid of your fear and then the door will appear. It's like, no, the fear will actually keep appearing. And every time it does, you can lean into it and it's there's another, the door. It's another time. Tell them about what you bought. The thing. Oh, and yeah. What Jack said about did, fear. I wonder, did I not share this on the podcast? Oh, you probably did. Maybe I did. That I, that uh, my therapist and I've heard Jack Cornfield recommend personifying your fear or your anger or whatever it is for you, your current kind of white whale or your regret, um, and personify it, give it a name, see what kind of like image or character comes to mind. And, um, so I named mine Judith after the, where the wild things are movie. It's the one that Catherine O'Hara does the voice of. And I bought a Judith doll and she's in my office now. And I'm just going to look at her every day. And and when I got her, I like hugged her and gave her kisses. And it really Mm. does feel like when I get like a turning in my stomach, I like picture her like, you know how they bash things and they like throw things. I like picture her in there like laughing and doing that. And I'm like, all right, Judith, you, you'd like causing damage down there. That's so perfect. Yours is fear and mine is humiliation. Mm. And we're both sort of working on actively changing, having a playful and loving relationship. For me, I just talked this with um, Andrew Santino about like I kind of look forward to the next time it could be small the hotel room I asked for and they put me in the janitor's closet I'm just like mm-hmm. is it possible to think that's delicious because mm-hmm. it's exactly what you need mm-hmm. you Hollywood phony shitbag <laughs> I say that with absolute love for myself yeah. I'm just kidding but like it's it's really interesting to see what we can put back on the menu mm-hmm. when you change your relationship to it and you see it as this powerful teaching Mm -hmm. and that's i mean that's why regret can be on the menu anything can be used Mm -hmm. that's what i mean long enough timeline 
corporately speaking, all of these shames, embarrassments, unpleasantnesses are find redemption. It's also like Eckhart Tolle has said this about um, manifesting, which I just said to my brother. I was like, I to me, this is exactly how I feel about the whole like the secret and the manifesting and vision boards and stuff like this. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not against any of that and have even participated in it. And I think there's an appropriate time for it, but, uh, Eckhart Tolle just hit the nail on the head for me when somebody asked him about it. And he said, how do you know what you need? I love that. And he was like, most of the time people will tell you that their best, their most fruitful Moments were moments of suffering that they never would have chosen for themselves. I needed to get divorced. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have put that on a vision. <laughs> exactly. That's so good. I think I've unconsciously ripped that off because that's even prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, how the fuck do you know what you need? Yeah. I'm saying this from a unique position, meaning I've gotten so much of what I've wanted. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and you're like, I'm still looking for something. Mm-hmm. I'm still having found. It's what the white whale in Moby Dick is. Yeah. It's meaning. Yeah. You're looking for something more. Yeah. So it's like, so let's just go ahead and admit that even when you put an achieving person, a, like a driven person on his tasks and he gets them, mm. uh, the real shit that I've actually needed, mm-hmm. the wisdom, the depth, the, the character, whatever, the... the the awareness, mm-hmm. the consciousness, the, the aliveness, the awakeness mm-hmm. has all come from stuff that I could have done without, that I wouldn't have asked for. That's right. <laughs> or mistakes that I made. Or things that I regret. Which that's what I was going to say is they could be for this person, could anything regret. that you are, something that you regret may be something that you see down the road as like a fundamental moment in your life that needed to happen. See, that, this is why I only want to talk to you because you understand when I go, I'm excited for you. Yeah, that's what you mean. I'm excited for you. That's what I mean. It's your Going door. through a really bad time right now. Really excited for you. This is, I'll, I'll often <laughs> say this is the most fertile time of your life. It though. is. Like well, the human is, animal is just a, a, a habit-making baboon. Yeah. That just wants to find things that work. Here's the button that gives the feeling, and then just push that button until you drop dead. Mm. Thank God that there's these small... I, I'm not talking about tragedies or anything. I'm just saying, like, I don't want to get out of my pay grade. I'm talking about these... Your life situation. Yeah. Things get goofy. There's turbulence. There's this, there's that. I'm, I'm saying I've gotten to a place where I'm like, thank goodness, because left to my own... With no conflict, there's no, there's nothing fucking happening. I don't just mean there's no story. I mean nothing is happening, inside or outside. Mm-hmm. Just eating crispix and coming in a garbage disposal. I was like, talking. What to am my... I doing? It's nothing is happening. You need to go. You're not getting what you want mm-hmm. for me to even come alive. I think that I love that. I, I, my brother and I were just talking about this too, where. This is especially true for nines, but I think every human can re- can relate to this. I what we think we want is comfort and peace. What we actually want is a con- constant opportunities to show how resilient we are. Mm. And we both were can re- we're talking about how we had periods of our time like where we thought the name of the game for spirituality should be to get to a place of bliss and peace. And 
that now it's we see that that is like cutting off a whole part of the entire experience and that what that creates is a glass house it's like okay i'm at peace as long as the circumstances are exactly the way that i need them to be and i want every time something challenging comes up i am showing myself that i can make it through to the other side of this and and that's just you the whole thing yeah. The whole thing got lost and thought it was somebody that couldn't uh, go on if they lost their job. Mm-hmm. Then you lost your job. Guess what? The whole thing who forgot and thought it was you is now expanding. That's and it. Growing. It hates a habit. Mm-hmm. The universe hates a habit. Mm-hmm. That's Terrence McKenna. I love that. It only wants novelty. It only wants growth at any cost. Yeah. And some pretty brutal costs. Well, that's what I'll say. I, when I, I've said, made this point multiple times to my therapist where I'm like, you know, I, I'm sorry, she's made this point to me that, that you know, like it, the universe is just interested in growth and evolution. And so that's going to inevitably be uncomfortable. And if you can lean into the discomfort and grow, then you're being supported by the universe because you're, you have a mutual goal you're doing what you're supposed to be doing yeah you're, you're, you're being all of it creation is groaning with birth pain <laughs> yeah and you're going me too i'll be in relationship with that yeah i'll be on the side of that and there is such a freedom in in this the worst thing in the world imaginable has happened to you and look you're still here that's right it's like uh god it's like bird talker always because everything can be you know supported by a quote yeah Yeah. it's like free like a broken heart like there's just it's the on the other side of it and leaning into your anger leaning into your regret or your fear and is like shining a light under the the bed and seeing like yes there is a monster here but look it responds to love and care yeah just like anything else well that's not scary and there's the freedom mm-hmm. in that I know how to do that so that's what I would recommend to this person no surprise that I would recommend this to do with your regret is like take a good take a look at it in a loving way offer it whatever it's needing to do what was the belief there. That you needed to get it perfect right away. That you should do it perfectly always. Like, okay, so then what's the fear under that? And where can you... And what does a world look like where everyone does it right always? Yeah. and Is that what we're here to do? Get it right always? Exactly. And how would you treat it if it was somebody else? And how, how would you, you treat it if it was a TV character? Exactly. I'm watching Mayor of Easttown without you because you don't... It was a little too dark, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's correct, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I'm like... She's sassy. She's brassy. She's no nonsense. And I love her. Yeah. And, right. and she's on the show going like, how can anyone love me? And I'm like, Kate. I call her Kate. Even <laughs> I though her name Kate. is Mayor. Uh, Mayor, you know, have that, have Mayor compassion for yourself. Yeah. We should wrap it up moment just because we have that thing. Yep. Um, also, I, sorry, did I interrupt you? No. Because somebody said to Ramdas, they said, Ramdas, are you happy? And he'd look inside and he'd go, yeah, I'm happy. They go, Ramdas, are you hopeless? And go, yeah, I'm hopeless. Mm-hmm. Are you sad? And look for it. Yeah, I'm sad. Are you angry? Yeah, I'm angry. Meaning, 
this is what it means. Are you regretting something? Yeah, I'm regretting something. Yeah. Are you heartbroken? Yeah. Are you in love? Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. It's all in there. Mm. Your radio dial is just tuned to one or the other. And I do want to say this apropos of almost nothing. I've been doing research into gut health and mood. Mm. I had no idea why people were drinking kombucha before. But I'm like, <laughs> oh, you got to feed that gut health. Because it has such a control over your mood. <laughs> and since I've gone off nicotine, what I was really interested in is why I did that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think it's because I started taking better care of my gut. And then I didn't need to lick a 9-volt battery every 20 minutes. <laughs> which is basically what nicotine gum is. I love it. Uh, no judgment to it. I, um, yeah. You have a poem? I can't, Not really. Well, read. Well, here's what I have. I have a... Basically, okay, so my papa died. No big deal. I'm pretty sure he was enlightened. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, we he, think he might have been enlightened. We, he was such a beautiful soul. He was such a special, magical person. Um, and so I was in, in Texas at his funeral. And But but the day that he died, I kind of just wrote this, which is um, basically an outline to a poem. So it's not done. Right. but. It kind of reads like a eulogy, and I just think now is a good time to read it. Well, thanks for being vulnerable to a relationship. Here's a song. I also don't even remember. It's a joke. <laughs> Do you know what song is I can't tell. You'll get it in a second. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not. How dare you? Uh, you devil. I'm a devil. Okay. It's got a long intro. I don't think I realized. Oh, yeah. This is when the DJ would be talking. <laughs> it's, it's a really good song. Okay, I'll put on our usual. This isn't great. I, I am being super vulnerable. I just was looking at it. I was like, I don't know why I... Read it. Got myself it's what's into happening. This. Yeah, it's what's happening. And this is like for anybody who is interested in writing poems. A lot, of, a lot of times it starts like this, where it's just kind of little stanzas of ideas and then I arrange it and change the language so that's what this is it's an outline but it's for Papa when I opened my eyes this morning I'm sorry when I opened my eyes the morning you passed I knew you were gone not because you felt far away but because you were right here so close No, no longer limited by your human form they told me you died with your family all around, and the last thing you heard was your wife's laughter, your favorite sound. So many of us live in our heads and forget our hearts entirely, but not you. Your heart was broken open to everyone. And your heart beat for the poor, the sick, the ignored, and your lungs breathed prayers of salvation. You rescued dogs, you you stowed away cats. You sang to the kitchen. The sorry, you sang to the chickens with your sister. You taught us that the most important things in life are music and silliness and devotion to family and God. Your stories will bring us laughter and the sweetest kinds of tears for generations. I will always miss you, but even though you left your body, when I close my eyes, you're still right here. This is like when like Kate Upton is like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready for I'm not ready for dinner. And then she comes out and it's like, Woo! 
You're like, oh, it's just an outline. <laughs> Smother you with a pillow. You're the captain of words. Oh, thank you. Oh. It's not quite as good as being the captain of looks, but I'll take it. You are my captain. Thank you. I believe you. But also, I don't know Kate Upton. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna poo-poo on Kate Upton. But I do want you to know that you're. What did you say this week? You went. You're uh, one of a million. Wait, no, you're one in a million. <laughs> no, I said you're one in a million, and I went. No, wait, you're one of a million. <laughs> Which is so funny. I wrote it down to put it in a script. That's so. Like I wasn't saying that to you. I was no. saying that to somebody who was pretty basic. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Um, well, thanks, guys. As always, this elevated my mood. I Me hope it too. had the same effect for you. Um, and thanks for the great questions. And, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll drop this tomorrow morning. So this will come out Saturday. So sorry for the late thing. I was at a funeral. What do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know why I had to end it on a salty note. you're in no mood. I'm in now. It's like, it's made my mood worse. <laughs> No, I feel great. Hilarious. Um, when you called me and I was laughing because I was on weed smoke, <sighs> what is there anything that would be funny to everyone else? I remember saying, the nose is doing its own thing. Yeah, that was, was your whole... So you thought that was really funny. That was my, such one, a high One thought. of my nostrils was closed and one of them was open. The whole body was kind of on the same page and the nose was just like, not us. We're doing its own thing. I thought that was so funny. But every part of your body is doing its own thing. (laughs) I didn't know. I should have just said, yeah, I didn't really consider that. But why would I tear this apart? It gave you so much joy. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, Um, We cherish you all, as always. Keep keep it